This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so you just get to enjoy the show. Hello! How's that for a simple greeting? <laughs> that'll, that'll do. Yeah, it was better than my other one. It got weird and gross fast. Don't worry. I'm going to bring worry. it back. It'll it'll be included at the end. It's better for it to get weird. It's better for it to get weird and yeah, gross. Yeah, there slow. you go. We'll just throw it right at the end. Welcome to this the the winter of your um, shortened content. Oh man, you really you really pull those out of your hat. <laughs> I'm pretty good with it. Yeah. Your discontinued content. <laughs> I'm Dave Stecco. I'm David Flora. Hi. I'm glad we got that out of the way. And uh, you're listening to um, uh, the the interstitial times. Welcome to the gray area between seasons five and season six, where you're neither up nor down, left nor right. <laughs> Nothing that happens is a part of canon, and anything we say cannot and will not be used against us in a court of law. Yeah, this is our time. Uh, our, t- our time between worlds. Uh, if you're looking for a regular episode of Blurry then Photos, you're f- just then, shut, just go then, home. Uh, then, <laughs> wow, here I am trying to include those who are new to the show, <laughs> and, then and there you me. are pushing them away again. No, 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 it's tough love. People it's, don't want it's anything very different. Tough. <laughs> really? Well, tell that to uh, tell tell that to Tina Turner. I would. She doesn't return my calls. <laughs> Uh, um, you had your chance. No, this is uh, this is a uh, bonus for you. We are lucky enough to have a guest on, and we've got uh, great stuff to talk about. And this is not our normal routine, so uh, go check out a regular episode. It'll say episode blah 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 uh, on it. After if you, after you listen to this one, don't don't just switch out. Right, right. You're a bad person right. after you after you're done with this. Don't even look yourself in but the mirror. But that's uh, that's our normal stuff. So we're I, I, I'm I'm we're just a little bit looser. I feel like I'm super loose, bro. You are super yeah. loose. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're, you're, you're falling apart. <laughs> yeah, I am. Those hubcaps are already off. Um, so Dave, uh, uh, why don't you introduce <laughs> our guest for us? I will. Uh, with us. Uh, today we have an actual consummate professional, which is pretty rare. Pretty rare. We've we've had a couple, but it's not our huge. Uh, joining us today is Dr. Maggie Rollo. Hi, Maggie. Hi. Maggie's my friend. Sometimes. <laughs> All the time. Uh, we have adventures only on Tuesdays. Only on Tuesdays, which it worked which out today. Is today scheduling so. worked out. Uh, Maggie is not only a uh, medical doctor, which is how I met her because I'm clumsy. But (laughs) she also, in a past life, was a fully functional archaeologist. The real deal Holyfield, digging holes and something that rhymes with that. Flora, finish it. Bring it home. uh, uh, Throwing poles. Yeah! (laughs) Take take that how you will. (laughs) Now... At this point, since you read... I think my personal life was going to be the topic of discussion here today. <laughs> oh, we're just part of that gotcha journalism. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, um, as, you, as you, the astute listener, have already read the title of this. Uh, Maggie worked 
uh, on archaeological digs at Cahokia, which is uh, episode 87? 87 or 86, yeah, one of those around the late 80s. Yeah, so it was like lots of crimped hair, leg warmers, (laughs) was I was in all leather (laughs) with a jerry curl. (laughs) That's because back then, Flora, you were just working for the weekend. (laughs) I was. I was. I I did not stop until I got enough. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you were in that uh, lover boy cover band. Other boy. Other other boy, yeah. (laughs) So So, welcome, uh, Maggie. Yeah. Thanks. We are really excited to have you on the podcast, which is evidenced by the fact that we won't let you talk. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, in the extremely remote possibility that a listener has not painstakingly gone through each and every golden nugget of audio wonder. Maggie, could you give us a, a brief overview of what the Holy F. Cahokia is? So Cahokia was a Native American settlement uh, just outside modern-day St. Louis in glorious Collinsville, Illinois, <laughs> uh, that was at its peak from uh, 900 A.D. to about 1250 before it dissolved and vanished, and no one really has a clear answer as to why. Uh, Spoilers. At the, at the <laughs> height of its time. This, this episode is entitled Cahokia, the myth decoded and explained perfectly and succinctly. I don't know if you knew that, Maggie, but we're going to have to... It's, it's okay. We've got time. Gotcha we will, journalism. We <laughs> no pressure, right? Right? <laughs> Um, at the peak, there were more people living in the city of Cahokia than there were living in the city of London at the same time. That's Jeez. badass. Yeah. And that's not a thing that people are widely aware of. And this is, this is a drum that Flora and I have been beating for a long time is the, um, I don't know what you would call it other than like Western centralism to, uh, to world history, that there is this kind of, at least in the way uh, world history is, is presented that there is a lot happening in Europe. Sometimes something was happening in China and everyone else was just chasing dogs with sticks. And, and that's really frustrating because there are so many amazing civilizations. There are so many groups of peoples and cultures that are achieving amazing things simultaneously. And it fe- I feel like those people only get to step onto the stage once the Spanish show up or, or, you know, once a whole bunch of white folks fall off of a ship and need someone to teach them how to farm. <laughs> um, you know, so there's, uh, so I, I love the idea of, of uh, a North American you know, metropolis almost that is, is largely completely unheard of. Yeah, and as a way that we show respect to it now, it's flanked by um, strip clubs and pawn shops and liquor stores. Well, there is no higher praise in America. I mean, what are the three things we love most? <laughs> Savings? <laughs> Getting drunk? And, and woods. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bonus if you can get them all at once. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in modern-day Collinsville in East St. Louis, Illinois, where two of the areas that I dug, it's all there. That is awesome, because I, I, I actually do have some questions for you about, I mean, the, the image that everyone has of a, of a professional working in archaeological dig, there's a lot of sand, some, some 
canvas tents, usually a British guy with a handkerchief around his neck. There, there's, but, there's two, right? There's the Raiders of the Lost Ark. You're, you're trying to find the Ark. And mm-hmm. there's uh, Jurassic Park. You're Sam Neill, right? That's, yeah. that's all I think about. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, there's Nazis also... Nazis are in there somewhere, too, right? Yeah, there's also oh, yeah, the aliens. you're always getting chased by Nazis. That's... <laughs> there's the, also the Aliens versus Predator, where all the archaeologists have Heckler and Koch... Uh, fully automatic submachine gun. So I have a question about how you were armed during <laughs> yours, which actually you may have needed to be. Yeah, yours was more of a like, well, we're trying to learn about a civilization. I think that guy's stealing my bike. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so Cahokia, um, it started its decline in the, the late 1200s. Yes. And, and what was your specific uh, goal? What were, what were you working on? So, um, in the city of St. Louis, they were building a new bridge across the Mississippi River. And in order to do that, they had to reroute three or four of the highway interchanges over on the Illinois side. Um, And that area is very rich in Native American deposits, both Mississippian, which were the people that lived at Cahokia, and the people that predated the Mississippians, the woodlawn culture. Um, and to build the highway, they would have to clear out all of the archaeological remains. And we were funded by the Illinois Department of Transportation. Mm-hmm. And primarily, it was just salvage archaeology, just trying to get as everything out of could. the ground before the bulldozers came and created yeah. a new thoroughfare. Roads don't give a shit about culture. No, they definitely don't. So it was kind of like a compromise. It was like, all right, we understand that there's... Native American stuff here. We'll give you like thirty days to get your shit and get out of there, and then the roads coming. Like, uh, so, so they like at least gave you time instead of just being like, okay, everything's bulldozed. Oops, pots were broken. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it, it seems to me like at least they gave you that. I guess. Yeah. How long did you did they ha- did they-, they gave us a they gave us a fair amount of time. We the dig. I was there for almost three years. Um. And they were there for an additional year before after I left. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's a fair amount of time, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it was a it was a huge rerouting of the highways they needed to do, though. And so we primarily our dig was in East St. Louis, excavating nice right uh, excavating what was, for lack of a better term, a suburb of Cahokia, mm-hmm. hmm. and we would hop around. Various areas of East St. Louis, our main dig site that we started was underneath what used to be the National Stockyards, where I think that closed in the 90s. People on the Illinois side near St. Louis would bring their cattle, and and they'd have big markets where they'd sell it, and then it would get transported by a railroad off to wherever the buyers wanted their beef. Okay. And so the site that you were excavating was under where they had built that? Um, That's where we started, yeah. And then we moved around a little bit outside of that. Did the stockyards do any damage to to stuff when they built it? A lot. Um, There were, I would say, probably at least 30 or 40% of the the houses or the pits that we were excavating had, like, a a giant lead pipe (laughs) that was just running, tearing right through the center of it. Oh, and there's some guy, like... Damn it, Terry. There's another one of these skulls over here. What are these people up to? Yeah. Uh, hey, Roddy, maybe we should save that. Shut up, Terry. You shut up. 
I'm getting, no, I'm getting out of here at five. I got tickets to see the cards. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows why they're like New York accents? At the time. <laughs> well, because but, at that time in the country, uh, plumbers were itinerant. Everyone was a traveling. You're right. They were hobo plumbers. Damn it, they, they sold me another cow with chert in its hooves. <laughs> <laughs> Where's all this chert coming from? Yeah. Chert hoof was a major problem for America's <laughs> agricultural complex because it really gets in there. Dexie Limpkins, <laughs> National Stockyards <laughs> historian. <laughs> Dexie Limpkins. Why can't... That was that's the, one of the best names ever. And boom, know, man. top of your head. <laughs> I well don't played, know. Flora. <laughs> Cheers. So, and I also imagine that with with the, with the looming deadline, did you have like a lot of um, like Illinois Department of Transportation workers with their yellow reflective vest? They just kind of walk by and be like, "Better hurry up, <laughs> Tick Tock." <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they just drive a steamroller up and rev the engine for a few hours. <laughs> I would say forty percent of them came by and would first ask. Have you found any dinosaurs? Where are the dinosaur bones? And I'd be like, nope, that's paleontology. And they were Not like, eh, 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 I went to church. These guys rode dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen a little documentary called uh, The Flintstones? <laughs> <laughs> and I, God, I can't remember this guy's name now. The Dexy Limpkins. <laughs> no, the um, my boss that died and they can't find his body. Oh, that guy's name? he was uh, he was a, a teamster. Uh, oh, Jimmy yeah. Hoffa. Jimmy, Jimmy Hoffa. Hoffa. Yeah. The other half of them would come and ask if we found Jimmy Hoffa. Nice. And I would always be like, did he have a St. Louis connection? Why would he be here? Right. Well, because <laughs> no one knows where he is. Right. Wow. But you know what? A lot of gambling in Cahokia. There, Jimmy Hoffa could be there. You may have. I mean, actually, did you ever did you ever come across remains? Oh, my gosh. All the time. So my, um, I initially started off as uh, just a, a general archaeologist um, in the field, and I, for my undergrad degree, I did biological anthropology, so a lot of human remains, skeletal remains stuff, and I'd say at the end of my first year on the dig, I became part of the burial excavation crew, and then my boss ended up the leaving. Bone Patrol. <laughs> Welcome you to the bone need, zone. <laughs> you guys needed me so badly. <laughs> yeah. hire, hire Dave as marketer next time. <laughs> um, and I, I eventually ended up leading a lot of the, the burial excavations, and was the the bone lady who would run around the site and say, "No, that's bird. Keep digging." <laughs> nice. I've I've got this two inch bone. I think it might be a leg. You're right. <laughs> God, these people were minuscule. (laughs) Maggie, we're all going to be famous. This one had the skull the size of a rat (laughs) with the teeth to boot. My favorite was, nope, that's uh, limestone. It's not even a bone. That is a rock. (laughs) One of my bosses, old old school archaeologist, had been digging since like the early 70s, and he, an old trick that people used to do, if you thought it was bone or weren't weren't sure if it was a rock or not, put it on your tongue. Yeah. If it sticks to your tongue, it's probably bone. If it doesn't, it's a rock. He would walk around the site all day just mouthful of gravel sticking. working through it, sifting it yeah. with his with his ge- genius tongue. <laughs> In this oh. area of digging that was just riddled with weird pieces of um 
spent coal and historic debris and other toxic He's got to taste it all. Wow. Now, did you find, so when you would find uh, uh, buried remains, what was the, 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 I guess I'm asking, like what, like walk us through an, an average, what, what's that process on average? Boy, that could have gone smoother. <laughs> what I need is a little more beer. So uh, someone would find a bone. I'd come look at it. I'd say, okay, yeah, that's human. We would, everything gets mapped when you're doing an archaeological dig. And these would be things that would definitely get mapped on the map very precisely. And you'd make your measurements from these data nails that you had on the edge of your, uh, your feature was what we called every, um, everything that we were digging. Mm-hmm. Is that like the grid? Yeah. Okay. Um, and we, you know, since I think people think about an archaeological dig, they think about everything being gridded out um, as a whole. The site was so big that you would have to create, you'd place these data nails that they'd shoot in um, and do. I've got like a, dumb, the, a dumb question for yeah. you. Because data nails sounds like, like they're fancy nails. Are they just nails they're, that they're paying a lot of they're attention like to? They're like 16-penny nails. That's it. Okay. Just, I didn't know if like they actually, like each of them had a little locator chip, and then someone was using that to create a larger map. Or... So you'd shoot them in with this thing called the total station. Uh-huh. It's like surveyor equipment. So you'd place the surveyor pole on top of the data nail. You'd have to get that level, and then somebody with the total station would shoot at the surveyor pole, and then you would have... An azimuth? Sure. Okay. Science. Okay. Magic. <laughs> I played in the dirt for a living. I don't yeah. even know that stuff. But they'd, they'd shoot it, and you'd get the coordinates and the elevation and everything, and then you'd map everything off of that, and then eventually all these smaller maps that we made, we would line up based on these nails and their position, and then that would allow them, once we were done digging, to... Create a more digitized that. map in the computer. Gotcha. Okay. All um, right. So sorry, I didn't mean that. Just that. I, I, I honestly, I thought that it was a nail <laughs> that had like LED lights, and I was like, no, no nope, no, you yeah. idiot. I mentioned this was salvage archaeology funded <laughs> by the Department of Transportation, right? <laughs> <laughs> they gave us the nail. I went to school for this, and I made nine dollars an hour. <laughs> okay. So I'm sorry. So continue. So you got you got your data nails. Yeah. So you'd find something cool. In this case, human bone. You'd map it on your map, and then you'd check the elevation um, based on what the elevation of the data nail was. And then so after you're, you you're mapped determining it, depth with that. Yeah. You'd map it. You'd take a picture of it mm-hmm. um, before you excavated it. And then if it was something that was like, if it was like a skull, you'd take pictures of it as you were excavating. So you'd take a picture at first, and then you'd get it exposed as much as you felt safe and take another picture. If it was something that was fragile, you'd end up trying to take it out in a hunk of soil. So you'd dig down around it and create what was called a pedestal. And then you would wrap that whole thing in foil and duct tape the base around it to stabilize the hunk of dirt. And then you'd undercut it and use knives and a very wide variety of other kitchen tools that I was always impressed by when someone was (laughs) Pulling out like a cake knife or a cake server. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd remove the pedestal as a whole, and then it would go back to the lab. And eventually, when the season changed and we couldn't be outside because of the weather, we'd then excavate it in the lab 
is are, are you also referring to um, pimping season? Like you just you had to get. Oh, off the honey, street. it was always pimping season. <laughs> you get the running of pimping the pimps. Never quits. <laughs> <laughs> Two things I learned: I learned about their lives, and I learned about the game. <laughs> So you would so the, and then you would keep that whole thing together for for uh, excavation elsewhere or a yeah. more controlled setting. You'd wrap it all up in foil so that it wouldn't dry out, and then it would get stored in this warehouse area in the lab next to the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> so, what was the most interesting non-bone thing that you found? We found uh, a pipestone figurine of a woman that she was kneeling and holding a conch shell dipper, like a water dipper. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of conch shells in St. Louis. It was a a metropolis. Yeah. Travel. I know. That's what I mean. But that's what makes it cool is that it was clearly. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I get it, Maggie. (laughs) I get it. God. (laughs) Flora, you're witness. It was uh, <laughs> pipestone, also not native to that area, so the materials were were transported in, and then um, it was like a ceremonial figurine. Um, we found a lot of really neat little animal effigies, um, ducks and fish, and little turtles that they would make for some type of ceremonial purpose. But the the pipestone figurine was probably the most unique and intact thing that we found. Do you have any idea where it might have come from? Um, it probably came from one of the further Mississippian cultures down south in Arkansas, but I haven't... Um, the problem is, is that we acquired so much information in this dig mm-hmm. that we haven't actually, there hasn't actually been like a full publication of what has been found, so I haven't heard what they're... Wow. Because that, that was my next question is... Um, when you do that, you have to end up with so much mm-hmm. material that that then it's it's like someone else's life's work just to go through everything that was excavated in that time. Yeah, and so it's it's not like that thing is that item is sitting in a museum somewhere now. It is sitting in a box on a shelf waiting for some grad student to to tear it up, not literally. Yeah, and the, I mean the problem <laughs> is is that with salvage archaeology they pay for the excavation and then once it's out of the ground it's on you they don't really give a shit anymore so you have to find a university that's going to pay for it and we all know that universities really care a lot (laughs) about archaeology yeah i I imagine the department of transportation is did we do this long enough that i'm not going to have a lot of protests that's my question (laughs) that's and that's fascinating though so you as you as you go through there were what did you find the, the the burials did they follow a pretty set pattern? Was there was there a consistency to how they treated the dead, or or at that point was it even? I mean, I guess I guess one thing you have to determine is if what you're looking at is a deliberate grave or just human remains that, th- through a thousand different reasons, could be where you were digging. We definitely came across both. Okay. Um, there was an area that we excavated that was very sandy um, and had been had a lot of rodent disruption in it and in that area which i think was probably originally a burial site that they had been utilizing there were just human remains littered all over this one block of the excavation but 
also among that, there were distinct pits. And we actually excavated both woodland and Mississippian people. And the woodland people primarily did these oval-shaped pit burials where the person would be kind of curled up into the fetal position. And those, not always, but the majority of the time, would be oriented north to south. Mm -hmm. Um, There wasn't any um, clear orientation of, okay, the head is facing north or the head is facing south, but the the long axis of the burial was usually along a north-south line. Hmm. Um, And then with the... Mississippians, they got, um, their burials were more complex. They would still do some of the pit burials that the woodland people had done, but then they also started doing, building mounds and doing mound burials, um, and they also were more likely to have grave goods um, in with the burial. So I think in both cultures, it was very easy to say this was a deliberate. Yeah. Now, you said um, there was rodent activity. Do you determine that through... Uh, I mean, I mean, just how how do you determine? I mean, because as as you're excavating, you're you're removing dirt. I just I, I, how do you determine like high rodent activity in an area? So the primary way, way that you would find features at all um, would they'd come in and they'd take thin cuts with a backhoe off the surface, and you would look for differences in soil color. And if you saw an oval shape that was a difference in soil color, you'd probably think that that was a burial and you'd excavate it along that specific protocol. Mm-hmm. When you were getting down into that area, you'd also see differences in the soil and like literally a, a circular oh, okay. path. And a lot of times um, those rodent burrows that you'd see would also be, the soil color would be darker because as the mouse is going through and ruining everything, he's also leaving a trail of shit in his path. Right. And that... More organic organic material makes the soil look darker. We'd, we'd f***ing prefer you'd said feces because oh. we try to keep this shit as, as f***ing clean as humanly whole possible. Um, <laughs> I'm a guest, and I brought you beer, and I will talk however the yeah! f*** Yeah! Yes! Swear in I'm science! I'm a doctor. What? Did you just call me Jar Jar? No, I said I'm a doctor. Oh, that's true. You are a doctor. <laughs> and... Dr. Cussalot. Disinfect that mouth, doctor. (laughs) Um, The the rodents would also chew on the bones, too. Yeah. So you'd get linear markings Mm -hmm. on the lung bones that were a clear evidence of rodent activity. And then you'd have scattered remains inside the the burial that wouldn't make sense based on the rest of the articulation. Oh, I get you. I'm wondering how... Far down, did you have to dig before you started finding evidence of stuff? And then, how far did you go in general? Like, how what what was the deepest that you guys got to dig down to? So that also kind of depended because um, we were in an area, in an area that was a a former floodplain. So some places it would be somewhere between three and six feet, and then others it would be deeper where you'd have to dig down twelve or fifteen. And then there were actually some um, very large ceremonial pits or they'd have these giant post holes that they'd have. They'd fell a a really large tree from the forest and that post would hold, again, some sort of ceremonial significance. And some of those went down. The feature itself was probably 12 or 15 feet deep. Jeez. 
We had a guy we worked with who was like six seven, and he had to like use a ladder to get out of the giant <laughs> pit that he was digging. Now, when we did our uh, episode about it, we were talking about there's two things that I thought were really fascinating that I would love to get more information on. One, there was uh, some some reports that the the trash pits, the the midden heaps, mm-hmm. were so large that even upon excavation, like they still smell like shit. Is that true? Does that sound crazy times? Um, I will be honest with you. It was, it would have been difficult for me to determine what was the ancient funk versus the funk <laughs> smell that yeah. just existed. Of students? <laughs> of of in, East St. Louis? Of East St. Louis. We were, well, yeah, we I guess because you wind from the. Um, you were going through a stockyard. Yeah, we were. What the hell? Oh, we yeah. were literally upwind from a rendering plant. Oh, God. Um, and on very hot uh, mm. days that would have a breeze, which were kind of few and far between in the oppressive St. Louis summer. Racially oppressive. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Many Blurry forms. photos is woke as f. Many forms of oppression. Gregbach.com. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag gentle rebel. Um, you would get a whiff from the rendering plant, and it smelled like, I mean, it smelled like meat. It was meat, but it smelled like a meat you weren't ever supposed to actually consume. <laughs> no eat meat? Yeah. Uh, we termed it horse bacon. <laughs> um, it was the spunk that would linger in your nose. Uh, uh, oh, stop, 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 stop. Um, one of our podcast sponsors is Grandma McGillicuddy's <laughs> smoked bacon, <laughs> brown sugar cured horse bacon. Uh, I don't want to get in any trouble. I don't want to lose any money on this. Crab apple wood. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Um, the, the smell would linger in your nose for hours. There were multiple times when I went home from work and... Cried? Yes. Um, <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Would text one of my coworkers and say, "I can't tell if I just still smell horse bacon or if I've been around it for so long that I actually now smell like horse bacon." <laughs> <laughs> it's in my and skin. I am become horse bacon <laughs> now with extra nitrates. Right, but here's the, here's a good question. So now that you're a doctor, though, you probably still have that problem sometimes. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Horse horse bacon smell. Of, yeah, abscess funk. Yeah, you know that <laughs> oh, old, you. that old delicate hint of abscess. <laughs> Hashtag mouth sounds. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Flory, you're the voice of a nation. <laughs> Flory, you, I've, I mean, I've got tons of questions, but I, I've been hogging. I've been hogging Maggie. So, Flora. No, no, it's it's fine. I, I think of them as we go along. I, I mean, I'm I'm interested eventually to learn what made you go from archaeology to. Uh, uh, being a, a doctor. Oh no, she already answered nine dollars an hour. <laughs> yeah, she nailed that one already. Well, yeah. <laughs> they also promoted me twice and never gave me a raise. And then they were gonna promote five people within the company and told me I was number six. <laughs> God, you know what? <laughs> Even my fiance. I f- how many doctors are doctors because of disgruntled past work experience? <laughs> How many doctors become doctors because they want to hurt other people? <laughs> no, those, you, you, those are dentists. <laughs> I can say that because Kim's whole family who are all dentists don't listen to the podcast. I can say that because I know one. I can say that because I know one. Are you kidding? Those people would kill me. I'd never know they were there. 
no, yeah, keep going. I mean, all m- most of my questions are chunky related. So, oh yeah, no, that's the thing. I'm I'm holding off on yeah. the, the chunky explosion. Seriously, can that we take a break? So- I have to go to the bathroom. Like something you should see yeah, a doctor I, for, can- and by doctor I mean not me. <laughs> yeah, I, can we take a bathroom break? I I've got a chunky explosion. I got to do. <laughs> Wait, that's not a candy bar. <laughs> um. So as you uh, as you work through this, I mean, and that that is it's sort of incongruent that it's an urban excavation, and you know, there's I would say God knows how much stuff has happened between then and now, but you're doing the excavation. Maggie knows how much stuff has happened between then and now. Um, so as you go through these, um, do you find any? Uh, I guess because the the question I have is, when we did our research, there was one pit that had a, a it was one pit with just what was, for lack of a better term, a mass burial. And we spent... Mound 72. See? We spent a ton of time just speculating on what we thought happened because in our podcast, oh, yeah. we're the smartest people. <laughs> but sometimes we actually bring in the smartest people. So, A, what's going on in Mount 72? B, was that a completely isolated incident? And C... Uh, Did you get in it? <laughs> So were you were you were I'm gonna, you a I'm gonna part backtrack. of the, Sorry yeah, Dave. I, yeah. I, no no no, thank you. I didn't I have did a I did not seat. get in Mount 72. Mount 72 was initially excavated in the like late 70s I think, maybe early 80s. With that with that bone taster. But yeah, he was actually there. <laughs> Told you. Old old Jimmy nuts. T- tasted it all. <laughs> old old Dexy Dexy Lumpkins. <laughs> um shove it shoving mounds of mound into his back. <laughs> <laughs> I tasted them all. <laughs> Old old Jimmy was there. He old I I love Jimmy. He literally looked like a mountain man crossed with a hippie who fell off of a mountain in 1967. Perfect. And just never changed. That is exactly what I had in my mind, and I'm so glad that uh, to know that that's how he in the summer would work in um, tiny Daisy Duke cutoffs. Hot. <laughs> Dude, like, back then there were just shorts. There was a reason they yeah. were called shorts. Yeah, he would he would wear his his uh tiny Jimmy shorts and his um his work boots. Yeah. And no underwear. Oh, of course not. And it's an, too hot. Uh unfortunately it. as you spend all of your days yeah. down below the ground right. and your bosses walk around on the surface. Yeah. It was just oh. Jimmy nuts. Oh yeah, old man nuts. Wow. Um, so you're not an archaeologist anymore. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but he had great stories. Some of them about Man- Mount Seventy Two. Um, <laughs> Don't ask him about Mount Seventy Three. <laughs> uh, Mount Seventy Two was. I mean, describing it as a mass grave is very appropriate. It was. Uh, it's believed to be a sacrificial burial mound. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a higher proportion of female skeletons in the mound than male. Um, a lot of them young female. Well, um, I mean, that's pretty standard sacrifice stuff. I've watched a lot of movies from the 50s. <laughs> and, you know, obviously they don't have a clear-cut answer as to what the sacrifice was for, if it was to alleviate a drought or other some natural phenomenon, or if it was just to pay tribute to the new... Chief. Chunky championships coming up. Chunky Chunky championships. How how common? It's actually actually the losing team. Yeah. Yeah. How how common was sacrifice? So not as common as 
in some of the greater like Mesoamerican, you know, Inca. I think you mean Mexican. Just say it. <laughs> Hashtag Trump's America. Some of them are from <laughs> South America, Dave. Not every person of Hispanic descent. Oh, man. Get woke, Dave. <laughs> oh. Hashtag so uh, Graybach.com. <laughs> Um, but we fa- we actually found in the site that I was digging uh, an undocumented mound, which was immediately sent back. The coolest thing that I personally got to be a part of. We found a couple of burials where there were there were individuals that were stacked on each other. It wasn't a mass grave, but mm-hmm. there was one burial where the person had been decapitated. Could have been an accident. There, sure. <laughs> that shirt's sharp. <laughs> Not bone cutting shark. <laughs> um, you don't know. Oh no, yeah. you know. You do. You one hundred percent know. <laughs> there was one body on top of the other body, and then below those two bodies were both of the skulls that went for those bodies. Oh, okay. So um, head, that was hellacious to excavate. We accidentally ended up slicing through part of the skull because we did not know that it was there. Yeah. And uh, we found. A good handful of remains in that mound, and um, we're able to document the layers and everything. Um, but in accordance with the regulations that are in place when you find Native American remains, we contacted the, the tr- any tribe that could be somehow associated with the Mississippian people. Plus all the local junior high kids so they could start telling scary stories. There's <laughs> two things you have to do when you find an Indian burial ground. <laughs> You got to get the junior high kids in because they're really good at it. They they're the, they're the keepers of that lore. Um, and we ended up having to backfill really the mound because the the tribe that we had contacted said that they preferred for um, that area to just be turned up as a part of the uh, the road project. Oh, so we only got to excavate probably a third of it, and then we had to put all the topsoil back over and. No, so, with, with, they just were like, "What was the what was the reasoning there? Was that just like, a, well, we don't, we just, you know, we're just going to keep going forward?" Or, yeah, there's a couple of different mentalities, um, at least that I've heard of, mm-hmm. um, with a lot of the repatriation um, right. endeavors. Is that some some don't want remains to be in museums are seen as a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Some want them given to the tribe themselves so that they can, they don't mind them being excavated, but they want to rebury them um, in accordance with their own practices and their own beliefs. And then... Some um, of them are commuters and they're just sick to damn death of all the congestion and they can't wait for a new highway to go through. <laughs> what? What's the fastest... That's fast, one way to characterize what is, it. What is the, the fastest... Way I was fastest way to get me on this new highway <laughs> you've obviously never driven across the poplar street bridge it was hell oh i don't know if i have we we uh, my old company we had an office in st louis and i was down there a lot but i just you know whatever whatever the most common route yeah is that's what i was taking Although I did, I was always really jealous about all those bike trails and that old trestle bridge that you could ride your bike yeah, on yeah the greenway yeah oh that all looked really awesome it was. St. Louis is a great city. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know what? I, I know there's Chicagoans a lot. Chicagoans may not agree with me. Well, here's the thing. I think that, uh, what is the name of the Cardinals baseball Bush. stadium? It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I would love to go see a game there. We Just so, the okay. end. <laughs> yeah, that was it. 
I, I filled it, it all in. <laughs> we can do that someday. You're not allowed to wear anything cub-related. Guess what? <laughs> I own one Cubs T-shirt from a show that Flora and I were in. Flora, was that before <laughs> Damascus Steel or after? Man, I, uh, it, I feel it's like got to be after. Before. No, because we oh. already knew each other when we were in that show, right? Or during. I don't know. But. No, because I remember because I knew you and Annie, and Annie had also auditioned for that show. Oh. And she dodged the world's worst bullet. Yeah, she, she was one of the lucky ones. Uh, the I, the only the only Cubs thing I have is 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 literally costume from a show that Flora and I in where we had to play Cubs fans. We were we had a theater buy us Cubs T-shirts. That's why I own one. Crazy. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah. Then so, we can go to a baseball game. Yep. I, I got I got no hard loyalties there. I like the socks though, because that's what everyone came here for is uh, baseball talk. <laughs> That's not the sport they came here to hear. Oh, my God. You are so right, Flora. We've put it off long enough, and everyone's like, when are these motherfuckers going to get to the junkie? Flora. <laughs> All right. Let her rip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So so we got a, a real big kick out of uh, learning about Chunky when we were doing our, our research for it and stuff. And Maggie's the proud owner of a uh, Chert Baron's jersey. I am. Nice. Nice. Chert, so... so Cahokia was big enough to have two chunky teams, we decided. Is, you know, yeah. The Cahokia Maze Gobblers and the Cahokia Chert Barons, they're crosstown rivals. <laughs> um, so, anyways, we, um, I, I hope what, what we learned about it was uh, correct. Do you know much about the, the old chunky sport? We and found then, a lot of chunky stones. Did you? Mm -hmm. And you said you were doing like suburb type uh, yeah, so location. Yeah, so it's like Chunky Little League. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the yeah, Y like League. Little Chunkers. Community co-op. So soft Chunky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the stones were bigger. <laughs> the, the spears were. <laughs> you were only allowed to, you were only allowed to roll, a, roll it underhand. Underhand, yeah. You couldn't slide. <laughs> <laughs> Can you not slide in softball? No, you can totally slide so, in softball. Okay. So, some some fish. softball. You know, it, coming to Chicago, there was a lot of weird rules for, for softball that I had to reacquaint myself with because they play with the, the what is it, like 14, 16 inch or something like that, but it's like a, a big, thick piece of rubber. It's not actually a softball. What are you I don't know. It's it's city rules kind of stuff. Oh, that weird game that I it like can't it comes up occasionally. Yes, yeah, Chicago has some insane version of softball that no one else in the Never. universe <laughs> plays. And it's like only uh, women and the first baseman can have gloves. What? Yeah, it's yeah, it's such. I mean, like it, it's it's absolutely batshit. And is there a, yeah. is there a name so for they it? Just ex I mean, with a. I think it's sixteen they, inch softball is what they call it. Do they just expect you to catch the ball with both hands at yeah. the time? Like they like, they do. Yeah, it it's soft enough to do that because it's it's kind of like man. Just imagine like if if you went to fucking Golden Corral and just went crazy, <laughs> and then like however you feel after you get home, they've put that in a ball, and that's what you play with. <laughs> So like try hitting that with an aluminum bat. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's a six it's a sixteen inch ball. First of all, yeah, it's, it's over a, a foot. It's huge. It's 
And it's also called mush ball or cabbage ball. <laughs> it's not. I think it's sixteen That's... inch around, maybe. And oh. it's not a. It, I don't think it's sixteen oh. wide. Uh, okay. Well, everyone <laughs> calls like it sixteen inch. Kickball. Yeah. I think it's the the. Oh, you're right. Because a standard softball is twelve inches around. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's circumference. But I mean, I <laughs> scared Wait, me either did way. Did you say only women so. can have a glove? That, oh, did I mention it's sexist? Role? Don't even ask yes. for the rules for Hispanic people. It's horrifying. <laughs> Are they even yeah. allowed to play? Fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A, anyway. Chicago. Fucking <laughs> A. Anyway, so <laughs> Chicago, chunkystuff.com. So, so, fix your shits. <laughs> you miserable. So town. You, uh, you, you found Chunky Stones, and tell us, I mean, just reacquaint um, everybody with, with what Chunky was and, and what a big deal. And, you know, what you found with that stuff. And, and I also have a very important specific point that I realize there's, there's a, a part of Chunky the game itself that I don't quite understand. So I'm hoping that you cover it. If okay. not, don't you worry. Okay. I'm going to get you. Um, so we would find both stone and ceramic Chunky stones. They were, they'd come in various sizes, but essentially it looked like a hockey puck, um, but the towards the center of the hockey puck, it was narrower in width mm-hmm. than it was at the outside. So imagine like a, it's like a smarty, but but larger. Yes. Also not tasty. No. Nor will it. Uh, well, you'd have to ask Jimmy. Jimmy could tell you. Yeah, he's he's the, the only one out finding stuff. out. But they would, um, it was a game that was played by children and probably also like adolescents and adults, and it was a, a game to increase uh, either archery skill or skill with spear throwing. They would take the chunky stone and roll it on its side, and then the the point of the game was to either shoot arrows or throw spears at the chunky stone and hit it in the center and knock the stone over and stop it from rolling. That was my question. I didn't know if they waited for the stone to stop and it's like a target that's out there they're supposed to hit, a la bocce, or if it's a moving target and your job is to knock that fucker down. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So <laughs> I didn't realize I, I, I didn't know I didn't know that there was arrows involved. Yeah, that's Yeah, I didn't know there's I thought it was uh yeah, spear like, only, but yeah. Target practice. Sure. How 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 heavy would is one a, a general um, so we found Stone. ones that were made out of granite, and those were, those were pretty heavy. I feel like those would probably primarily be for, like a spear. I don't yeah. think you're gonna knock but, it over with an arrow or. What's what's the what's the average diameter there? I guess there's, there's a. Um, so they ranged a little bit, but I'd say most of them were. Sixteen inch softball. Sure. <laughs> right. I'm, so, I'm literally like, just holding four, it up four, to you. Four or five inch <laughs> diameter. Four or five inch diameter or so. Now, because you actually just sent me a picture. Of this, because at yeah. the uh, the Iowa City Museum it's of Natural Universities, the University Museum of Natural History yeah. had some chunky stones. Now, so here's my question: chunky, huge in I mean uh, in approximate North America. I mean, was it played? I know that I mean from just even just kind of reacquainting myself today uh, online, um, very popular through the southeast of the United States. And obviously, uh, as far away as as the Yucatan, but like the 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 width and breadth of Cahokia 
I'm, I'm sorry, the width and breadth of, of Chunky as it was played. Like, how big a part of it was it of society? Did teams travel? Do you know that? And um, how many more <laughs> shirts can we sell with that information? Um, I would like to imagine that there was uh, a national league. Right. Where the... Logos are f***ing sweet. Mississippian enclaves that were outside of Cahokia or the various other cultures. Like maybe there was a Hopewell team. Yeah. Um, that, the Hopewell Harpies. Yeah. There you go. That's a great name. <laughs> That's a great name. Um, that They came down from the north. And, the Woodlong Wendigos. And they, they would compete against the Chert Barons. Yeah. Oh, who sorry. would always win, obviously. Yeah. Well... I mean, they're really good. Yeah. They're like the Yankees of <laughs> yeah. Chunky. They had they spent so much more money because this. You have to understand, people. This is a time way before the salary cap. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, so? It was the Cahokians and the, who was the the other group of people? Were they the Woodlawn people? Yeah, they were before the Cahokians, the Mississippians. Oh, okay, so yeah, so did they play Chunky? Yo, yo, bro, did they play? I don't because they sh- found Chunky stones. Because there should be the Woodlawn Wendigos. Although I Actually, don't okay. imagine that so they would celebrate think, the Wendigo under any circumstances. I don't think in the site that I dug, I found a woodla- woodlawn site that had chunky stones. But there was another site that was very big, the Janie B. Good site, where I think they had chunky stones. I'm going to find out. And that was woodlawn. Now, you said, from what you just described, it sounds like it was very much a younger person's sport. Is, is that what, you, what you're saying? Like there weren't a lot of adults playing? Um, I think primarily was the, I mean, and again, this is the belief yeah, that right. we have. I mean, there's time. Obviously, based on the record, I can't tell you sure. who it was who was clearly playing this game. Where, where they stood, but, what their colors were. <laughs> um, but the assumption was that it was, it was a game that was set up to increase your skill as you were, as you were growing so you'd be a better hunter, you'd be a better warrior. Gotcha. But, you know, I also feel like there probably wasn't a whole lot to do back in those days. So, <laughs> sure. But, but that's probably just a fun thing to throw sticks at rolling rocks. But that's the thing that actually makes it that much a bigger deal. Like, you've got a game, and everybody's right. playing it, yeah. and people are, by their nature, competitive. And so it becomes a huge deal. And, and you know, we've when we did our previous episode, we talked about that there was gambling. Yeah, they people, had that. Yeah. People would kill themselves based on the, the outcomes of this. Now, is... That's what like we from were. the debts that they accrued? No, I don't know. It's, it's something that these two assholes said like episode. two years ago. <laughs> Let's be honest. Sometimes they're not entirely accurate, but I know for a fact that I said people, I said people died as a result of these games. So Shame they it. brought their family from the fact I mean, that they couldn't stop. Here's gambling. the thing. We have a mechanism built in for this. If it turns out that I'm wrong, then I have to go into the penalty box, and it's a nightmare, and it sucks. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And so I guess did, you, did it, you talk about what the game pieces were? No. So the game we talked about that it was a stone and a, a spear. Yeah, stone and spear. So some of the game pieces were um, like the the bones in the carpal bones for deers. So like deer wrist and ankle. Okay. Bones. Mo- no, no moose knuckles. No, no, there weren't moose in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> there were never moose in Missouri. Okay. No, Dave. <laughs> F*** your weird euphemism, Dave. <laughs> this is science. 
Get in no, reality, bitch. I got no time for your horse shit. Okay, so uh, deer carpels. Um, so they would take one end of it and they'd kind of hollow it out. Mm-hmm. And I never really got a clear explanation of what the game was or how they would gamble with these, but it was something about throwing them kind of like dice. But then they also were, um, some of them you'd find holes in these uh, deer ankle and wrist bones as well as the hollowing out at the end. And it was like a like a ball and cup game. Okay. So they'd take a stick and they'd like tie twine to the stick. Damn it. And the, the goal was to try and in, catch the deer bone on the end of the stick. In the pre, in our Chunky episode, I explicitly said that Chunky predates the cup and ball game. <laughs> you did. I, I, I specifically state that. Nope. Coexist. Contemporaneous. <laughs> This interview's over. <laughs> oh, that is great. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, learning. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I gl- I'm so glad that I've sewn myself into this sack. <laughs> it's so comfy, like the womb, right? <laughs> so, so they were were those. So those were not related to Chunky. Those were other games. Yeah. Okay. Now, you, you mentioned one theory that they played Chunky for getting better at skills at hunting and, uh, and also uh, training possibly warriors, maybe. Did you find a lot of uh, or any evidence that they did have tribal warfare or any kind of, you know, army, military? Internecine like conflict. Um, yeah. So they, the city of Koki itself, which was you know, where the, the chief would live and then other elites would live. Globalists. Within <laughs> within the walls of the city. Which was flat and <laughs> approximately 26 <laughs> miles in diameter. <laughs> the whole area a little, was... In- a little smaller than a softball. <laughs> Sorry. This is why we don't have guests, because we are not <laughs> nice. We are not respectful. We are terrible. I don't even need you guys. I have my beards. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maggie, the floor is yours. <laughs> um, the city itself was encased in a palisade, which is basically just like a giant wooden fence. Yeah, like a ring fort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they found clear evidence of that, and they found a couple of different times where that had been expanded or moved um and i mean ultimately you're not gonna you're not gonna create walls like that and sort of fortress yourself off unless you think that there's a threat right that's That's a lot of work just just for the aesthetic Yeah. yeah and if it's not for protection you really have to hate the peasants Right. So that, and well, that's, that's my next question because given the size of Cahokia, I mean, you yourself were working a suburb of it. So do you think that a, that a palisade like that is to protect from an outside threat, some other tribe, or to keep the rich from, I mean, and I'm, I'm super simplifying this, but like to keep the elites globalists uh, away from the, the peasant class? Is there, is there a class stratification? They're worried about the people in these suburbs as opposed to some threat ex- external to that. So I think the sort of overarching belief is that it was for protection, but I would also 
entertain the idea that because of the fact that it was a metropolis mm-hmm. and you had so many groups that were coming in from other parts of the country that weren't necessarily Mississippian, but they wanted to trade. Um, and they then wanted some to of roll them, them stones. Yep, like the Vegas, the early Vegas. Yeah, they were they were chunky Coke players. Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> that I think you could probably argue that was a possibility too. That they were trying to sort of delineate themselves as the originals, right? The, the or, OG Mississippians from. Or I, and I guess it's not that dissimilar from from any other culture that has like a central castle around which uh, a city develops, mm-hmm. and it's kind of also saying, "Hey, you know why we're in charge? Because we live in this awesome place." And this is, if you guys are wondering what it takes to be awesome, this right here. A lot of trees. Yeah, a lot of trees. <laughs> and you know what? The good news is that never bit them in the ass. <laughs> At no point was there ever a shortage of wood. Or uh, uh, sanitation services, so so I'm glad it worked out. So and they're still thriving today. Yeah, to this day. Ruling Collinsville, Illinois, <laughs> with an iron fist, <laughs> a wooden fist. <laughs> they still claim iron is the devil. Um, so I guess that brings us to a really good point then, which would be the downfall. And we talked about in our episode um, lack of available wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for that many people, and um, but also uh, questions of uh, social sanitation, waste removal, and disease. Um, now, I now I, I don't want to to jump this, but you actually have a really fun Venn diagram in that not only were you an archaeologist extracting uh, human remains, but you are also a doctor who is uh, familiar with the the the. Uh, effects that certain diseases can have on bones and and whatnot. How disease-ridden were these people? So surprisingly, they were less disease-ridden than some other archaeological populations in Illinois. Mm -hmm. Um, You definitely had... You were pretty far from the city, so... Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Chicago is filthy. Um, They definitely had a lot of dental problems. You know, if they weren't eating fish or deer, um, or other things that they could just forage in the area. They were growing and harvesting corn. The corn was little, like, like slightly larger than what baby corn is today. Yeah, old school corn. Yeah, like, like maybe the size of your index finger, corn. Hmm. Um, we don't know. And, the, and you know what? Thanks to the hardworking people at Monsanto, our corn is awesome now. <laughs> are they one of your uh, sponsors too? Horse bacon in Monsanto. <laughs> Shake my damn head. <laughs> um, Flora and I have a, a disagreement on the place of Monsanto in this world. <laughs> um, okay, so they're they're eating corn now. Is that corn ground up with a matate? Metate. Metate. Metate yes. does not text. <laughs> what? Uh, matate is my. Favorite Spanish word. It's a great Acuda word. Matate? It's the it's the it's the large oval piece of stone usually on little feet. Oh, a mortar. No, a matate with a pestle. <laughs> rock a stone. Back You're talking right. about a mortar and pestle. I'm talking about a matate. <laughs> I'm gonna stab is, you with a matate. The, is there a name for the pestle portion of a matate? <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like it's still just a pestle, but that can't be right. Yeah. Pestle. Pestle. Yeah. <laughs> now, because Maggie just told me this, so I'm, uh, so so what's the problem with using a matate to grind your corn? So when you're grinding stone on stone, and you put some corn in the middle, you're mm-hmm. still going to get uh. some stone flakes. Yeah. Um, also, corn sands toothbrush real bad yeah. for your dental enamel. Super sugary. Yep, and just cavities. Just horrible, horrible dental care. Um, also, uh, Mississippians, some of them would do, like, dental modification. So they'd actually intentionally either file their tooth, primarily the, the front teeth, the incisors, into certain shapes or... Like dolphins? Uh, that would be really <laughs> intricate and impressive since they have probably never seen a dolphin. <laughs> and unfortunate because I don't know if we've had this conversation before, but dolphins are aggressive and rapey. Yeah, they're sea rapists. They are terrible. That is the official position of blurry photos. That's, yes. Dolphins. Not even once. <laughs> Cetacean rapification. Yeah, that's right. I'm glad that we can all come to the same conclusion about dolphins. Yep. They're horrible. Yep. Um, but no, the points or like, I don't know, like a line in the middle of it or mm-hmm. lines across, crosswise across mm. the front teeth. Sometimes we'd find teeth in, um, sometimes in burial sites, but sometimes in just in regular. Coffee cans. Yeah. A lot of, a under, lot of coffee cans. Under pillows. <laughs> I never thought about the possible uh, Cahokian Tooth Fairy component because you would find <laughs> modified teeth in a group sometimes. Maybe that's what was happening. Yeah. Oh, man. But they'd be stained with, like, ochre. Mm-hmm. So a natural red dye or either red ochre or yellow ochre. Or sometimes they'd have, like, copper rubbed across them. Um, one of my Jeez. bosses did, uh, did a poster and I think later a paper about dental modification that was done in the Mississippian tribes because we found... Like six or eight. Did not know that. I've never never heard that before. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Because cool. I, I read I read years ago a paper about the Seminole Indians and archaeologically you could track like the minute they they started switching into a primary corn diet and like you just like their teeth just went to shit yeah. in in archaeologi- uh, archaeologically overnight. Like it it had a huge negative impact. Hmm. Yeah, and that's one of the ways we use to age people. It's not as effective as the rest of the like bone aging mm-hmm. techniques that we would use, but um, the older you were, the worse your dentition was. The the least, the less enamel you would have um, in you get your mouth ch- because of the shirt mouth. Yeah, matate mouth. Yeah. <laughs> matate maize mouth. Boca de matate. <laughs> Mouth um, but other so other things we found health wise, like there'd be trauma. You'd you'd see somebody who had broken a bone, and you'd be able to tell that they tried to set the bone, but they hadn't done it right. Hmm. And so you'd have like a big, for lack of a better term, like a big lump mm-hmm. on whatever the broken bone was. Um, or you'd have a big lump, and then evidence of infection around the bone because they didn't have soap. So. Right. They'd get um, uh, osteomyelitis infection in the bone. The coolest thing that we found, well, actually, two two really cool things. We found one burial where this person had um, a kidney stone that was probably the size of my thumbnail. Woof. 
that was right in about sixteen inches. Yeah. <laughs> that was a sixteen. Giant inch. hands, man. Why'd you have to? <laughs> your, listeners, your listeners don't need to know about my giant man hands. <laughs> Thought we had a Chicago deal style. Came That's right. We 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 got the Lana of uh, lady, of but... archaeologists. <laughs> Truckosaurus. <laughs> I may be a lady, but I don't need your glove. Um, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, kidney stone. <laughs> Giant kidney stone. Like, right in in the area where his kidney would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And that this guy definitely died of raging Riddle. urinary tract infection. That That's just, a miserable way yeah. to go. Yeah. He had an obstructed kidney. He probably died of urosepsis. That's like um, some mouse swear engine shit. Yeah. Uh. We found another burial with... Uh, a rib that had a notch in it, which is something that I didn't actually know what that could have been caused by until I went to med school. There's a condition called... Rib notch disease? Uh, is no. it called rib notch? Co- Good one, Dave. Coarctation. <laughs> Thanks, Flora. Coarctation of the aorta. Whoa. Um, it causes uh, like differences in blood pressure in the upper and lower extremities, and it causes... It's a a fixable, like a surgically fixable cause of high blood pressure. And if it doesn't get remedied, people will get, you'll get such high pressures in the blood vessels that run along the ribs that you can actually get indentations indentations in the ribs. And this is what this individual had. But they weren't, they weren't quite as sickly as some other sites in um, the state of Illinois up North in Illinois along the Told LA. you. Told you. Get close to the city. Along the Illinois filthy. River Valley. They had Those many... Those in Springfield, right? <laughs> Further north in Springfield. Okay. <laughs> Big wigs. <laughs> fat cats. <laughs> lawmakers. They, they found... Uh, Filthocrats. Um, skeletals that had evidence of tuberculosis. Oh. In lungers. Their um, hmm. Which is one of those things you can argue, like... Okay, so they had the prevalence of this disease, but also they lived long enough with tuberculosis for it to infect their spine as opposed to just killing them outright with the the lung infection. Right. So you kind of had to have, like, pretty good baseline health to get to that point. But those people had um, evidence of POTS disease, which is, like, disseminated tuberculosis that infects your spine, and it makes your your vertebra look like like a melted candle. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's just everyone has to stop while awesome I look at this. Whoa. Yeah, that's <laughs> unpleasant. Nobody's enjoying that. I did have another question. Oh, okay. So what role do you think sanitation in general played in the, the, the fall of Cahokia? Do you think that there was a problem with population density, or do you think it was simply lack of resources to to keep that population. I think it was both. I mean, I think obviously they overharvested the forest, so then they didn't have resources to build their homes or heat their homes, but then also you destroy the forest, you destroy your food source. Which is also kind of in a in a strange sense would explain the um the ceremonial like you fell a big tree, it's a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they were also had to deal with a lot of floods and the big muddy changes in the river. 
Um, but I do think that overcrowding and population control was was probably a big problem, not solely just based on sanitation, which they obviously weren't good at. They would just have trash pits that were like a couple of feet from their house. They'd mm-hmm. Probably use that also as a toilet. Unless you're tired. You just <laughs> sh- in the quarter, I guess. Mm. Is that what happens? Oh, oh, sorry. I didn't... In the mutate. <laughs> Look who's so fancy. They have corners. <laughs> One percenter. Call them mutate cakes. <laughs> mutate cakes. It's a mutate. It's got an A. You're mutate. You're, like it's you're mine. <laughs> Love that word. Um, but I think, too, with like the, the travel and the fact that people from a lot of different areas were coming in and you have... Close quarters, that is a breeding ground for communicable disease. Somebody having some sort of virus or bacteria that's not common to the core of Cahokia. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to rip through that. I think that, yeah, you could, it's, you're setting up a situation for a pandemic. And if you've deforested the area to the, the point that you're, livestock and the rest of your vegetation or whatever it is that you're um you're trying to consume is gone you don't have good nutrition you don't have a solid base to fight an infection if you're faced with it and then they didn't really they didn't really grow many other crops outside of the corn and they're not they're not like rotating their fields and so they're Removing all of the nutrients. Right. And their corn was fun-sized. It was, it was totally fun-sized corn, which is never fun. <laughs> Why is fun-sized called smaller? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it more fun to have more of whatever it is yep. you enjoy? It's like fun-sized crack. <laughs> oh, what? I don't, I don't know. I had like five things go through my head, and they were all awful. So I just threw something out, and I thought you wouldn't notice, but then you did. So this is where we are. Now we're all caught up. I mean, if you asked a crackhead, he would totally agree with you, though. That's true. Y'all got any more of that fun-sized crack? (laughs) A larger pile of crack would be the true fun size. Right. More crack is more fun. Next T-shirt. So would you... (laughs) Sorry, uh, Wood Snoot. (laughs) More crack is more fun. Blurry Photos Podcast. So you kind of think it's a uh, a confluence of, of a bunch of different things that caused the collapse of it? Yeah. I mean, I think to say if it was any one factor is a little bit short-sighted. I mean, there are some people who think, like, I'm pretty they want sure to argue, I... like, warfare. Uh-huh. But there's not clear evidence of that. If that was what caused the demise, you would expect to find, you know, more... Bones with hacks and slashes yeah, and like stuff. Yeah, more trauma. More, yeah. more people with an arrowhead lodged in their spine, or and we didn't really come across that. No, and because of that, since Cahokia was not a city that was eradicated through military action or natural mm-hmm. disaster, how much Cahokia was left by the time of European exploration in the, into the New World? Because I, I had read there were like some trappers who were like, guys, there's a city up here in the, the early, early, early days. But I, but I, I, they were they were not all that reliable, and they could have just been kind of. They, they also could have been guys selling an El Dorado type tale, which we've also covered. For some reason, I I heard you say that, and I'm just like cars. What? <laughs> yes, yes. It wouldn't have had that then. Um, or El Dorito, the lost city of snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't really answer that if there were still people living there. Can't or won't. Uh, both. <laughs> 
a plane in hardball floor. <laughs> um, you know, I think that they obviously still would have come across the mounds. Right. Monk's Mound is still there. Which is huge. Mound 72 is still there. Yeah. You know, yeah. there are many mounds that are still there. And there were even more before the extensive development of St. Louis. I mean, back in the 1800s, St. Louis was called Mound City. And it was because there were Native American mounds on both sides of the river. Coconut candy bars. All too. over the place. No shortage of coconut candy bars. You're terrible. What? T- just stop. <laughs> You have completely deflated all the almond joy out of this conversation. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Gotta get some taste. <laughs> so, I mean, so I don't know if they were actually talking about people still living there or if they were just like, this is a thing that someone obviously built. Because I would imagine, though, like in that decline, would it, it would kind of have to be precipitous if it was lack of resources. Yeah. Because and I think p- people probably just picked up and moved. Right. And because the Mississippian culture continued and evolved in other areas. Um, and you have a lot of other cultures that were mound builders down in Arkansas. There were cultures that built mounds up in Minnesota and... Um, Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. And I mean, it's not like it's a, a truly unique phenomenon. Some of those people, I think, coexisted at the same time as the people in Cahokia, but... I I think that the Mecca, the metropolis that it was, pretty concisely we have evidence that it its demise was 1300, 1350, somewhere between 1250, 1350. Okay, so gone. Which for a, a London-sized city, that's I mean within 100 years to have it just gone. Yeah. That's that is rapid. Yeah. And I mean, I you know, I think it's easy to argue too that obviously not everybody left if you have a mass exodus and there's Right. 100, 200 people that are still living there, that that environment probably easily could have sustained mm-hmm. that group. Well, they have all those all that real estate to move Whether into or not now. they were like, everybody moved out and they were like, yeah, I'm living on Monk's Mound now. I, I, go, I go poop left. in somebody else's trash pit. No one says <laughs> shit. <laughs> Look at me behind my palisade. Hey, this new place I moved into, it's got a corner. <laughs> <laughs> now, Check out all these sweet... Matatas. There's <laughs> some guy with arms full of stone Our slabs. <laughs> We're fucking rich! I can finally open up that Sir La Matata. I've been wanting to. I couldn't move if I wanted to. How the hell am I supposed to transport all these matates? Exactly. <laughs> no matter how I say it, I say it wrong, by the way. Can, can one of the official food sponsors of Major League Chunky be? McTate. <laughs> Corn paste with the with the rich flavor of chert. <laughs> Try our new big monk. <laughs> we did it. We 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 resurrected Cahokia. We played That's a couple fun. of rounds of chunky, and we buried it. <laughs> in a mass we grave. We pooped in a, in a, in a mass grave. We cut its head Man. off. Cut its friend's head off, <laughs> threw those in the hole, and put the bodies on top. Hope no one f***s up one of the skulls. Wah, wah. <laughs> Sad trombone. It happened. Man, Maggie, thank you so much for talking to us. Indeed. Uh, this has been I awesome. I appreciate you yeah, coming this on. Yeah, fun. Yeah. Uh, quick question. So yeah. now that you are a medical professional, 
do you still have to taste the bones to, to make sure you know what you're dealing with, or you just assume it's all bone now? That's what we have x-ray for. Or is that just nice. a bonus? <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually found in, in my short career, um, patients don't like it when you lick their wounds. Lame. They don't understand yeah. science. Who they frown upon. That's, That's they, why I'm going into veterinary school. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to view you as less of a professional. So, <laughs> so Maggie, if anyone has any follow-up questions, they want to get in touch with you, should they just like cut themselves deeply, maybe in the chest area, and have an emergency medical situation and, in the greater Iowa area, and they will, that will bring them to you? Yeah. Perfect. That's all you got to do. Just carve a postcard <laughs> on your chest. <laughs> Jeez oh, Louise. <laughs> but I mean, don't like, don't, don't be a baby about it. Like, yeah, make it an exciting day for me. Yeah, go, go a little deep. Yeah, you know? maybe, maybe you like put some jelly beans in there. Because <laughs> <laughs> no doctor is expecting jelly beans you have to in the chest wound. Something larger than a four-inch blade, otherwise, I'm not getting out of bed. Jelly beans in a chest wound. <laughs> oh, what have I done to deserve this? You, you must listen to blurry photos. Lucky day, lucky day. <laughs> Maggie, you're magnificent. Thank you so much for talking to us about Cahokia. Thanks for having and for putting me. up with our our just voluminous oh, yeah. horse. Shit. We filled we filled our own trash pit. We really did. Well, you didn't have a corner, so what else were we gonna do? It's so true. It's so That's true. true. That's I'm true. That's true. When you up. move out, we'll go to yours. <laughs> <laughs> I am burning mine down. You'll never get it. That's no, <laughs> burning trash heap. So if you want us to have a corner to shit in, visit patreon.blurryphotos.com. That's right. <laughs> Become a supporter so we can afford our own corner. <laughs> I don't know where that address takes you, but you know what? Probably into a trash heap. <laughs> yeah, it's into a, a digital trash pit. That's right. Well, so, thanks, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what order this is going to come out in on the break, but we either will have uh, some more bonus stuff coming up or we'll be back and super drunk. So right. either way. I mean, I'm kind of drunk now, so. Yeah, you're you're doing well. Right? Maggie brought some real strong beer. I'm not even through the second one. I believe she had an agenda. <laughs> <laughs> She's a doctor, so it's pretty much a prescription. If I don't take it, I'm in trouble. So, uh, yeah, we will be um, in, you know what, one form or another. We'll be back next week. That's right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Maggie. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Rock on, y'all. Bye. (laughs) So dumb. (laughs) Imagitized. Hello, sweet, dear, succulent listener. You're perfectly ripe, and we've plucked you. (laughs) (laughs) And and ostracized you, and pushed you away with our voices. (laughs) Okay, let's try that again, but boy, I liked it. I'm going to use that again someday. That's going into my back pocket. (laughs) Uh, Succulent listener? Yeah. You just call me succulent? Our listeners are full of sweet, sweet juice.
Then we're, gonna, we're gonna squeeze you for a just, while. <laughs> just when you think he he can't get any worse. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. That's my stock and trade is to go low.